Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. Website is www.scriptureandprophecy.com. Well, everything I wanted to do this week has just been interrupted with life circumstances and issues, and I've just been feeling led to do other things. And so this morning, uh, I feel led to continue this conversation about the church being under attack and how it's just too lukewarm to notice or to care and I can't determine whether it's to notice or whether it's to care or whether it's both but I want to talk about what we do and I want to remind us that we are not to be loved by the world you see the church right now and really for very long time in America has been more focused on trying to be relevant with the culture and so it puts on things that it thinks will draw in the crowds and maybe it does but these things that they're doing are not of Jesus they're not of God Many of the churches have become a place of entertainment, not a place of truth. In many cases, it's like going to see a rock show in a 20-minute motivational speech, as opposed to hearing the truth about sin, the truth about Christ, the truth about righteousness and holiness and repentance. I mean, people aren't really being healed. People aren't really being changed. I mean, if you can go to church and you're the same person when you leave, then have you really heard any truth at all? I was trying to put this article together this morning because I wanted to email out an article just kind of talking about this in general and we did the podcast a couple days ago about the American church being under attack and I'm writing it and I've just been putting some thoughts together and I want to read from John chapter 15 today because I feel like the church needs a reminder about what it's supposed to be but it also the, the everyday believer needs to understand that following Jesus comes with a price in fact he in several times Jesus even talks about how you need to count the cost and how it'd be foolish to go out and try to like build a house before you've calculated the cost to do so the world will hate you will despise you this doesn't mean that you out and you seek controversy or seek um, you know getting into it with people where we are to as best we can be at peace with all men and that's not what I'm complaining about I'm not complaining about the church or people of God attempting to be at peace we should seek that I'm talking about being complicit and partaking and participating in the evils of the world. 
and not fulfilling the mission. The whole, the whole point of it all. We need to remain in Christ and in all those truths. We need to abide in Him and understand and know that the world will hate us. Let me just read John chapter 15, at least some of it here. Jesus speaking, he says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it might bring forth more fruit. Now, ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more, than, no more can ye, except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If of a man abide not in me, he casts forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so ye shall be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things I have spoken unto you, that you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth you... I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you that you, should not, that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you ask of the Father in my name he may give to you. These things I command you, that you love one another. If the world hate you. You know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my namesake, because they know not him that sent me. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not sinned, but now they have no cloak for their sin. He that hateth me hateth my father also. If I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not sinned, but now they have seen both. Now they, have, now they both seen and hated both me and my father. 
But this cometh to pass that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law that they hated me without a cause. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me, and ye shall bear witness, because ye have been with me from the beginning. So there's a lot of things in here. First of all, he talks about abiding in his love, if you obey his commandments. You're not going to hear too many sermons about that, are you? You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Nobody wants to talk about the ifs. And then to the point. You know, we are to love one another. Christ makes that point several times in this passage. But then he points out the fact that the world is going to hate you because it hated him. He also points out the fact that anybody that hates him also hates the Father. That means anyone, that means every Jew even, that spits at the name of Jesus, hates the Father according to Jesus himself. Nobody wants to talk about that either. I feel like we've got all these doctrines and all these things all mixed up. The children of God are those who have believed upon Messiah. Plain and simple. And they are scattered all over the world. And they were hated by the entire world. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. So here's the thing. If the world loves you, if you and the world look the same, if the church and the world look the same and have the same values, then, then the church is of the world, not of God. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you were not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hate you. And then he points out the fact that you shouldn't be surprised at persecution and trouble. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, then they will keep yours also. But all these things they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. Such simple principles, but they're not taught in the church. Unless I'm missing something here. But it's been my own personal experience going to many different churches over the last 20 years. Nobody preaches this stuff. Nobody talks about these things. Nobody tells the congregation, if you're really walking with Christ, expect to get pushed back. Expect to be unpopular. If you're really popular and you're getting along great with the world, you better look in the mirror. There might be a problem. The church needs to wake up out of its slumber needs to get back to the principles of righteousness and holiness. Actually obeying God. Actually preaching the true word of God. Not just the bits and pieces that make people feel all ooey and gooey. And most of the time those bits and pieces are taken way out of context. Last thing I want to read is out of the book of Samuel. Because what is our response to some of the terrible things going on, right? 
Here's an example. 1 Samuel chapter 30. And it came to pass, when David and his men were come to Ziglag, on the third day, that the Amalekites had invaded the south, and Ziklag, and smitten Ziklag, and burned it with fire, and had taken the women captive that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away, and went on their way. So David and his men come to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire. Their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. And David and the people were with him, lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. David's two wives were taken captive, Ohinoam and Jezreelitis, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake, spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people were grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. This is the part that I want us to take away today. David comes back to the city. This is before he's become king, officially king. Finds that the wives and the children have been carried away, have been taken captive by the Amalekites. Not only that, their city has been burnt to the ground. And they wept, as anyone would weep. And then the people were thinking, okay, maybe we should stone David. You know, they need somebody to blame. And David's response to all this catastrophe, to these, to these horrible, seemingly hopeless circumstances, was to strengthen himself in the Lord his God. King James says, But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. The Holy Scripture says it like this, And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because... The being of all the people was grieved, each for his sons and his daughters, but David strengthened himself in Yehovah, his Elohim. This is what we need to be doing right now. Praying, seeking God, strengthening ourselves in the Lord, strengthening ourselves in Yehovah, our Elohim. Strengthen ourselves in the Lord Jesus Christ. Drawing near to Him, getting on our faces in prayer, seeking Him, praying, crying out to Him. This is our only hope. Our country is going in a very, very bad way. The church is going in a very, very bad way. And if there is no intervention by God which will only happen if the, his people actually seek him then there is no future for our children and for our grandchildren there is no future for the church in the United States of America if it doesn't start acting like the real church if it doesn't start obeying God's commandments 
preaching and seeking righteousness and holiness, repenting for the sins, for the sins of our fathers and for the sins of our nation. We must seek God's face, repent and pray for his intervention. We must strengthen ourselves in the Lord. That is all I have for you this morning. Again, just another strange rambling podcast. Hopefully it all made sense of some kind. I'm sure I've offended and upset someone. But I hope that the majority of you have been encouraged and have given you something to think about. Please consider supporting the Mission of Truth. Scriptureandprophecy.com Click on the support tab at the top. Can't do it without you guys. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow, hopefully with our planned podcast, which is the tour portion for this week. Peace and grace be with all of you. Until next time, God bless. <laughs>